On today's podcast, we have an entrepreneur with five years of experience. Today, we have Luke Hansen, the CEO of CompanyCam, a blue-collar documentation and communication app that provides a complete photo solution for contractors to monitor projects. Luke spends his day supplying the vision, acquiring funds, hiring top talent, and distracting all the smart people he's hired with long-winded anecdotes. When Luke isn't speaking at high volume on the phone, he's golfing, spending time with his kids, and tweeting nonsense, along with beating teenagers at Fortnite on the reg. Luke, welcome. Glad to be here, man. Super excited, and thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on the show. I know you got a lot of great things going. Now, without further ado, let's hop right into it. So, Luke, you've been an entrepreneur and leader for years. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today? Absolutely. So, I, I, you know, starting a tech company is definitely not exactly where I thought I would be. Like I was into like playing sports. Like I didn't know what I wanted to do when I went to college. My dad owns a roofing company. So I kind of worked for him most of the time. You know, he, I had to give him like every year, give him like a, like a commitment that I would be there for one more year because I, I like to travel and like, I'm just not like a settled down, like ducks in a row type of person. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of all over the place. And so this was gosh, five, six years ago, 2014, 2013, I believe is when my son was born or my first, cause I got three kids and there's something about like having a kid that kind of the sort of like aimlessness of just, I have this theory that when you have a kid is when you become an adult. And so for <laughs> me, that was like getting kind of serious about like, thinking of something to do or and I saw this opportunity at our company that we had this problem where we were all trying to like document our work you know we're roofing houses and putting on gutters and siding and doing all this like roofing type of work and we were all trying to document that process for a bunch of reasons like liability you want to cover your butt you want to like like have accountability that the work looks good that you know what's going on you know and it's like it's all happening out there at all these different job sites and you can't be at all those places and I was like man like we're trying to take all these photos guys are handing me memory cards and like trying to get them in the Dropbox. but like a roof repair guy is not a specialist at like organizing things in the <laughs> Dropbox so that i can find them when i need them and it was just a like a mess and i i, so I started looking around like for some way for us to all like capture this information in the field and get it organized and i couldn't find anything and i thought like like we're carrying around these like supercomputer cameras that are GPS enabled. Like it, it can't be like that many steps to like making this easy for us. Like if it was easy, we would do it. It would be valuable because I'm already looking for this solution. And I think other people have the same problem. Mm -hmm. And so that's like, now there's a whole lot of, you know, other story back there, but like, that's basically how I ended up sitting here in this functionally empty office with sticky notes all over the wall. <laughs> I love it. And I was going to say, you know, it's funny you're saying you're not a very organized guy. You're kind of, you know, whimsical in that sense. And there's amazing amount of organization with those post-it notes right behind you. Yeah, yeah. so that's our, love that is our, uh, our, our, our head of engineering um, was having the product team listen through like the top 500 albums, according to like maybe Rolling Stone or something. And so again, back when people worked at an office, you may remember you're young, you know, so you may not remember when people used to like go to an office. Uh, <laughs> Never but, uh, heard that before. Yeah, what are those? Yeah. So he was like every album that they would listen through, he would pop that on the wall. And he is 
extremely like type A organized, has his ducks in a row. So that's where the grid comes from. Got it. I love it. I love the uh, the fun you got going on there. So let's keep the ball moving forward. So, you know, you started to kind of run us into to company camp. Could you tell us a little bit more about the current business, what you're doing and, and, and you know, kind of where it's at today? Absolutely. Yeah. So we, you know, we actually have, oh my God, I think we have 14 people starting on Monday because we just raised some funding. We're growing, especially on our product team. We're growing across the company, but like that'll put us up to like 60, might be 69 people. I think it's probably more like 67, but I don't know exactly. But yeah, it, we're, we're all about helping contractors, roofers, plumbers, pool builders, deck builders, drywallers, carpet installers. I would see how many I can go before I blank. Probably Do could it. go a couple more, but you know, contractors <laughs> in general, someone that would come to your house and like fix mm -hmm. something or build something, yeah. they, they share this problem of coordinating work remotely, like documentation, accountability, this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so we, we make what amounts to like a Snapchat plus Dropbox. You know, they can capture photos, they can draw, they can comment, they can mention people, and then it uses their location to automatically organize everything under the right job, which is like a big, it's a headache, you know, like two people can kind of like be organized. 200 people, you've got a bigger problem. Like if you don't have a process or something that's helping you along, you're gonna end up with a mess. And so it, it does a lot more than that. Like we think we can really become the kind of like the slack for this contracting space. We, you know, you probably sit in an office, or you know, your basement or apartment or wherever. Now <laughs> I do the same, I'm on Slack, we're talking during the day, we're solving problems. Mm -hmm. Well, contractors, th their work doesn't happen at an office, it happens out in the field. And so it is important, like the best way to kind of keep up with that is to see what's happening because they're, they're, they're manipulating the physical world. They're like, building a fence or ripping mm -hmm. off old shingles off of a roof. And so that like, that visual update really tells the story of where that job is at and it tells the truth. And so we give our customers that sort of transparency into what's going on across their business so they're not on the phone or driving around all day, which is like where they spend a ton of time and honestly waste a lot of time. So very high level, you know, we're growing. We see this huge opportunity to help contractors like get mm -hmm. shit done on a daily basis. I love it. GSD. Fantastic. There you, um, go. <laughs> you got it. You got to do it. Uh, and you know, that's a huge piece to call out right there, right? Manipulating the physical world is very different than working in the cloud space. So, you know, mm -hmm. being able to, to close that gap and consolidate that information is tremendously important. So I'd love to pivot and talk a little bit more about, you know, what it's like to start a business and being an entrepreneur. Can you tell us what the role entails and what you're focusing on now? Totally. Like, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of truisms or like you can read a million books and a million blogs and like there's definitely better people than me to like write those books and those blogs and host <laughs> these podcasts. Yeah. You know? That being said, I do have a lot of opinions and the, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. Like I just, it's a new interesting problem. You know, you're working with people like you're tight knit, especially at the beginning, relatively few people. But it's also like, there's like anxiety and there's this hustle of like, does anyone want this? Is it going to work? Now in my case, because I'm super privileged, my dad and the, our family's roofing company basically funded us at the beginning to get us enough room to get some customers. And so we didn't have to go hustle and fundraise like that first like little bit of money. And mm -hmm. so that, I mean, I still like hustling to find someone who would take a chance on you, take a little bit of a pay cut. You know, our, our CTO, uh, Chad, was our first employee. 
awesome engineer, awesome dude all around. But like he had a good job because talented people have tons of opportunities. And I, I really see now and like where I read that some some tweet today from someone uh, somewhat famous. The guy that started uh, Plaid actually tweeted this. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I also realized, though, I'm not nearly as successful as him. So we'll let his tweet be the, the, the standard version of this. But it's like you do have to move from building a product to building a company. And that's hard because I like the product. I freaking designed a wireframe this Saturday to talk to one of our PMs about because I just like like doing that stuff. Like it's fun to think through the product problems, Mm -hmm. but that's not how you're going to scale. Like people are the organization and you as the founder, your job is to get awesome people and then to help like unite the vision or have everyone moving in the same direction, right? That's why we organize as a company. I don't know, I, I could get all philosophical here, but like finding the right people makes your job a lot easier. But there's still time, like I had a guy tell me like a year in, you know, maybe you're not the right guy for this, like kind of one of these local startup guru fellows. And, yeah. but he's sort of like on me like, hey, like you're kind of, maybe you're just kind of blowing it. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know, I don't think I'm blowing it, but I also wish that we were having more success than we are. And, you know, so you're doubting yourself, like, are we doing the right thing? Like, am I making the right? There's just a whole bunch of room for doubt, anxiety and worry. And I think like the whole idea of like persistence and perseverance is crucial. Like there's a saying, like, if you can get 10 customers, if you can get one customer, actual customer, then you can get 10. And if you can get 10 and you can get 100 and and if you can get 100, you can get 1000. And I really like my wife's super into like fitness and lifting weights. And it's like, she, I don't know if she said this or I said it. I don't know if I want to attribute things to her because she has high standards when it comes to fitness stuff. Point being, <laughs> the idea that like, you can always add 10 pounds to your max if you're squatting. You know, like you can you can always get up like a little bit more weight, you know, maybe not like the next rep, but that's how I think about like that hustle and that grind at the beginning is you just have to figure it out and not give up. And you have to be willing to do that in the face of people telling you that you're dumb, that you're doing it wrong, that you should have been doing what you were doing before, you know, like, and sometimes they're right. Like nothing's easier than being a critic. Like I've called out like 500 ideas that ended up failing, you know, like, cause most mm-hmm. things do. And there's a ton of like luck and stuff. So sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm carried off on this tangent. The point is there is, it, it's hard but it's really fun. And then it is now that we're like successful. It's a lot higher status to be a startup founder than it is to be a guy whose dad owns a roofing company (laughs) and who works there. And it's like, I'm the same person, you know, but like, Mm -hmm. so uh, there's a whole, whole lot more there in the journey. Absolutely. No, that's really interesting insight. And I think that that's just, so echoes so many things like how to how to build a business and especially like persevering through people telling you i don't believe in your idea you you're not the right person you don't have enough skills enough education anything like that and you you're constantly going through that cyclical question doubt you know proving your mvp deciphering whether this product's right throwing up a thousand different ideas but really at the end of the day only a couple of them are valid. So really great perspective into what it's like to be an entrepreneur. You know, you, you mentioned one piece that was really interesting and it was hiring top talent, right? So you spend a lot of time hiring top talent. You're growing tremendously right now. Can you describe the process of building a team and what criteria you use to determine if it's the person is a good fit for the company and the culture? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm 
actually so I want to say that I'm good at this in the sense that I think we have great people, but I don't know that I ran like a super, I know that I didn't personally run a super tight process. Like I was just telling a guy I tried to hire day one, Levi, he's sort of our COO, head of product, like one of the most competent people, just he accomplishes more in a day than I do in a week. But that being said, I tried to hire him day one and you know, he didn't really get the idea necessarily. wasn't really sure. Again, really smart, great people have good jobs. So you've got to sell them. And again, kind of that's part of the challenge. You got to sell customers, but you also have to sell employees. And early on, it's not as much about being picky, though you want to find great people. But when you find that person that you want, that you're like this, I want to work with this person, selling them on the opportunity because you don't necessarily have that much money. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't pay them better than like Adobe is paying them or wherever they're working, you know, like so you have to sell them on the vision, the possibility. And honestly, the fact that you spend a lot of your life working, like I tell our people, like part of being in the Midwest is that we're not working crazy hours. We're working basically normal, like nine to five hours. And there's advantage, like, you know, you're not maybe hustling quite as hard, but like some people really want that. Like if you've been working, you know, working as a software engineer for 10 to 20 years, like you may not want to work 12 and a half hour days every day trying to like just grind out and, you know, accomplish something huge. So like for us, having a place that people want to be like, and we do like we we have a place that people, especially locally, they would like to work here because they know that it's like fun to work here. They know that people get treated well and like your reputation will go around. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. You mentioned two pieces I think were really interesting. You said Levi, I believe it was. He created a robust hiring process. Could you dive in just really quick into what that really looked like? Absolutely. So he wrote a really thoughtful kind of job postings, you know, that aren't all about years of experience and stuff like this. It's about like how we want to work together. And it's just, they're just really good. And tons of people have commented on how good they are. He asked thoughtful questions that help us winnow down like a big list of people to a shorter list of people without having to be like how many years of college or how many years did they work at Microsoft or some dumb like uh, heuristic to try to like narrow mm -hmm. down people and talk to. Yeah, completely. Uh, so like by the time we're talking to people, we already feel like we've done a good job of finding people that like we want to be talking to. Mm -hmm. And then he set up a sort of an interview structure with different parts of the team. I mean, I don't think he invented any of this out of like whole cloth. This is somewhat best practices, mm -hmm. but like doing a tech interview with the tech people in it. But he does it quickly enough that by the time I'm talking to these candidates, I'm just like, man, we are getting great people. Like I just hired Patrick Ng out of Orlando. He's a man like he's doing a great job um, as a PM, just like and I'm just like, so pumped to be getting people like this. So as far as the process goes, it's like very thoughtful on the front end because if someone mm -hmm. won't take the time to answer sort of five questions about, you know, themselves or what they're into or what their goals are, then like they're, they're, they don't really care that much. And you'd rather have people that want to work for you than just like want a job. And so that, I think that really helps. And then it's a matter of, not not just looking at the like things on their resume, but really trying to get into how they think versus what they think. You know, like mm -hmm. how would they go about solving this problem? How would they handle a conflict with someone else? Because you know, at, at scale at a company like- Got it, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I wanted to call it the second piece there. Uh, you were talking about really, in at the end of the day, that company culture. 
you know, what is it about that company culture? You started highlighting it, right? You're saying, hey, you know, we don't, we agree on respecting one another, right? We recognize there are so many different ways to do that, but we're very thoughtful about, you know, the type of people that we're, we're hiring, right? That kind of builds into that company culture. Any other pieces that you can highlight that truly have been transformative in building that yeah. culture where people are excited you to know, come into work? So, yeah, like there's a, I usually think like you can never let the ends justify the means like you can't you can't put your estimation of what's good or right or important and allow have that like give yourself permission to then do something bad to accomplish what you think is something good like that's like and that's just this is the way I think and so treat it's just like treating people like respectfully and it's hard to because like i'm you know like i'm kind of a crazy person like i like to give people a hard time but like i fundamentally like respect everyone here and they all know that that i respect them and that 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 like gosh i, I don't know exactly how so the dude from andreessen horowitz ben horowitz <laughs> um yes wrote a book <laughs> called called what you do is who you are and me, it's sort of about culture, but it's basically like you can't just write up some values and have that be like that. That isn't what you are. You can like strive for that. But what you actually do is who you are as a company, what happens. And so like, I don't know, there's times with conflict, with things with where I don't know, I, I think of myself almost as like a part time therapist of like helping helping people understand other people's perspective in order to keep everyone moving in the same direction and not be frustrated. Yeah, and, you have to be a captain you know, steering the ship at the same time and you're yeah. wearing hats and how do we conduct ourselves? How do we manage, you know, this environment? What is important here? You know, what where was the miscommunication? Trying to bring clarity into that. I completely get you there. And I think that that in any any aspect of business and personal life is a tremendous responsibility. And I, I really hear what you're saying when it comes to it's really empowering your employees and, and cultivating that environment. But with that said, let's keep moving the ball forward a little more. I, I really want to cover some interesting pieces. And I think we did dive into that quite well. You yep. know, I want to talk to you about venture capital and getting funding. So congratulations, by the way, you recently received and closed your Series A funding for $6 million led by Blueprint Equity during a really challenging business climate, right? We have COVID, we have so many things going on right now. What was it like working with VCs and how did you differentiate company cam from any of your competitors as well as just make yourself yourselves someone yeah. to invest in when, hesit so, when investors are hesitant to invest right now? Yeah, and that was this. It's funny because things things sometimes get easier as you get a little bigger you know like this fundraising was a lot easier than we raised our seed money like three years or two or three years ago um and now we and we have a better you know business right now but i think of when i think of fundraising to me it's it's all about the vision and the story in my opinion now mm -hmm. you have to have like at our stage, you need the facts, like you need revenue, you need your customer acquisition cost, like you need these type of things. But what a lot of people don't have is this like vision of what's possible. That's that's different than 
what most people think is possible in a sense. And for a, v a VC wants to have an opportunity to have a really big outcome. And so you don't have to know exactly, exactly how that's going to look, but you have, they'll be, they can tell whether you believe what you're saying. If you don't believe what you're saying, if you don't believe in the words that are coming out of your mouth, then like, you're just not going to get very far. So you have to at least believe it yourself before you start selling it, you know, beyond there. But then, so in, in, in the case of uh, us fundraising, it what I talked to these guys, uh, Bobby and Sheldon over at Blueprint, awesome, awesome guys. Talked to them handful of times over the last like two years, like two or three times they reached out, you know, they're hustling and, 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 and that. And then when the, we had this whole plan of our monetization strategy and how we were going to change our pricing. We were going to make all this money and we were going to raise money Q3 at this like crazy great valuation, you know, like the story we were telling ourselves yeah. and COVID hit. And it's like, okay, we can't do this pricing. You can't change your pricing. Like in the middle of a pandemic, like, and so we thought, you know, there's so much uncertainty now we would be open to fundraising sooner than before. And so Blueprint kind of came in and we're like, hey, like, you know, we know you guys, we're not, we don't have to do as much um, back and forth. And yeah. they made us an offer. It was a really good deal. We did a tiny bit of negotiating. And, and so it was honestly almost too easy. That sounds such like a thing to say, but. You know, you know actually I was speaking with another recent founder that received funding, the same statement quite literally came out. So don't worry, you're not alone. Yeah, I just, I feel like you, you know, when things are going badly for people and then things are going really well for you, you don't want to be gloating around about how, oh yeah, it's, yeah. you know, look oh, how great please. we are. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is a, so this is a good story almost relating back to the, to the people question. So this time around for fundraising, we recently hired a, uh, like head of finance and it's a kid that was like, he worked at the bank here. He's like 25 years old off and on seeing him in kind of the startup community. And I just knew you see some people and you're like, this person is like a hustler. And like, this is the type of person that you want to hire. This person is going to accomplish things because they're like, they've got their head in the game and they're someone else they're said hungry. this. I really like it. Yeah. They're hungry. I mean, they're like a high agency person. They're really thinking for themselves and like a lot of plans. And so his name's Tolan. So we hired Tolan and he handled so much of like that headache. Cause what you have to remember about VCs, so I'm, I'm going to contradict some of my earlier advice because, you know, what's a little uh, contradiction? I said the story matters. The story is huge. They have to believe the story. But then they are finance people. They like look at spreadsheets. They think in terms of like expected value and overwhelmingly they're running financial equations in their head, especially at all like series A, series B. Like once you're kind of a real business, they're they're looking at numbers. And so you have to be able to speak that language and your story has to like fit. Like those, you need to be able to like tell a story that connects down to the charts and the graphs and the stuff mm -hmm. and the like sales and marketing are hugely important, but they are nothing if you don't have a good product. And if you have a good product, you will have customers, your customers will like you, you will have opportunities. Like it all stems from you making that good product and who does that? That is the people, the people that you hire. So like that stepping all the way back, like you way have to bring that full circle. great people. Impressively, yeah. Hey, it all—it's all connected. It's like I'm picturing that galaxy brain meme. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? But like, I it really is. Yeah. Like, make the product, and then you know you don't have to do as much selling. But when you do get to selling, it's it's having a story that you believe, and you, if you believe it, you will find someone else to believe it. Just like you're selling customers, if you can 
convince that one person, even if that person is you, you might have to talk to 50 people, 100 people, 500 people. Someone else will believe you if you believe yourself. But if you don't believe yourself, no one else will believe you. I love it. I think that point is so important. Uh, you know, even I do want to circle back to one of the things you mentioned earlier as well is you have to believe in your, your business, your product or service while other people are going to tell you, no, that's wrong. No, there's an issue here. This is why it won't work. And you have to be able to be persistent and tenacious and endure that as well. Um, so huge call out there and especially great, great job, Luke, pulling out that full circle piece on how important the people are and how that impacts the success of business. I love that piece. Every now and every now and then it like comes together, you know? Gotta love when it clicks. So let's <laughs> let's kind of rapid fire a couple other questions I wanted wanted to get in here. You know, kind of brief and brilliant style. Tell me a little bit about how your business has adapted to COVID. COVID, I mean, you know, we started working from home. I think just from being on Twitter, paying attention to like honestly VC, a lot of VCs that like we're early on like seeing the concern here. We were lucky because being a software business, it's not that different to like take your computer and sit at your house versus at the office. Now mm -hmm. I missed the office. I'm at the office right now. Um, <laughs> but like, it, you know, we were worried, you know, we went and raised money. Like we were just worried about what would happen. And it turned out that our customers, contractors, are still doing pretty well. And I think my little hypothesis is that everyone got sent back to their home, spent all day at their house, and they be, were unsatisfied with the state of it. You know, like they were like, I, I want to fix it. And so like, I look around my neighbor, like remodeled is like main level and I pour some concrete <laughs> and the uh, people at the end of the street, like built a gazebo. It's like everyone kind of like, maybe not everyone, a lot of people decided that they needed home projects. And so that's what our customers are. And yeah. it just like, it, it went much better than from a business standpoint than we expected, but it's still odd. Like, you know, we're talking, there's this mask debate. There's all this stuff. I would rather do the face-to-face -face thing or uh, like even digitally where I can see your face and we can talk like, to me, that feels like more of a connection. than if we're yeah. standing around like four feet apart wearing masks. And so we're sort of balancing that against like looking at the local graphs, like tr just trying to figure out, like we we put some people come to the office, but it's like, we got 7,000 square feet and we got like four people here every day. And so like, we're not, you know, we have some ground rules, but we are, we are planning on going to a new office in the early next year. And so like, we're, it's weird. We're not at the office, but I feel like it, it hasn't, it hasn't been a terrible change though. I think we're running on a lot of, almost like goodwill that we built up, like from all knowing each other in the real world, seeing each yeah. other every day. And like, and, and if like, that's where I'm not, I, I believe in remote work. Totally. We have a bunch of remote employees, but I don't, I'm not hundred percent sold on that. That's like the future is purely remote. Like I think that mm -hmm. I think there's still value in people like being together mm -hmm. though. It's totally viable. So like it's been good for us, but an adjustment nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. A change. Gotcha. Perfect. Let's keep moving on. I love that too. Um, you know, the remote work, hybrid work, working in the office, definitely a great point there. I wanted to talk about like that deciding moment. Like when was it when, you know, there was a defining moment for many people, many founders, entrepreneurs, business people where they know this is the right business for me. This is what I want to move forward with. Did you have that defining moment? And when was it? How did it happen? Yeah. So, I mean, it was about five years ago. Like I, the, the time I remember is sitting outside of my house with my good friend, Jason Wilmot, who does growth hacking. He's a legend. 
should call him if you need uh, help building funnels and marketing and selling for e-commerce. Just shouting him out. But we were talking, and at that point, he was a he was a, a technology teacher at the local public school, and I was working at my dad's roofing company, and I had this idea, and I was like, I just, I was just telling him, I was like, it's, it will work. Like I just know someone has to do this. If I don't do this, someone is going to do it because it is obvious, it is blatant. It is, it was just obvious to me that there was that there was a business here that like people need it. We need it. I, I just knew that it was the case that other people needed this thing. I, so we were just sitting out, I think like having a beer or something and talking and like, I just, I can picture like behind my old house and like the whole, you know, I can like see it, but it would kind of like, part of it is like talking yourself into it because like you kind of believe it, but then you're like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know when I work at a roofing company, like I studied Biz, international business like I don't know anything about like writing code or you know that yeah. and so you kind of have to like talk yourself into hey this is possible you can do it and then that's what you realize is like you can do it fantastic no I, I hear you there um, now let's talk a little bit about you know the future of this space if you just have you know a few things you want to blurt out about where do you see the space moving forward and you know what is the, where's the innovation I mean, you know, there's like the construction kind of industry where we are contracting has hasn't been like it's on the lower end of where that sort of technology has changed everything. You know, like, I mean, they, they use a lot of technology. That's kind of a myth that they, you know, that, that it's low tech. I mean, there's low tech elements, but like, I don't know. I mean, it's just I see a huge opportunity. I see for us just I, we just have a huge opportunity in front of us like we we've there there's real strong network effects in the sort of communication and accountability on these contracting jobs so i see us like i think we have a, like we can really not only can we help our customers but i think we can help bring transparency to the process of finding a local contractor and i don't want to go too deep into that cuz that's part of like the whole big like vision but but really yeah, we have a big opportunity. And I, I think I that it. if we can help take like what our customers are doing every day and almost the way that they use our product, helping to push that transparency down to the end consumer, I think will make our customers more, like you're more likely to hire them if you can see what they're doing and you know that they're the work that they're putting on their website in places is like authentic and real. Mm -hmm. So I see this really compelling opportunity that will come through just the nature of using company cam every day. I love it. That's that's great. There's a huge system and ecosystem you're developing through that. Now we got a couple of last pieces I want to touch on. This is our final question. You know, we spend so much time in the office. You know, you're not a machine. You're a human being. What do you do outside of the office? Any yeah. hobbies, extracurriculars, or projects that help you kind of get some R and R, rejuvenate, and just excite you? I've been playing too much Fortnite. I play video. So like, <laughs> I wasn't playing video games, and then our head of sales was like, "Hey, have you heard of Fortnite?" And I was like, "No. It looks like it's like for seven year olds." And he's like, no, you should try it. And so I started playing it. And so like now, like, you know, every other night between the hours of like 930 or 10 and like 1130, I end up playing Fortnite. I just get clapped, just get crushed by nine year old, <laughs> you know, like just they're dancing on me. But uh, so and then my I have a like a seven year old, a four year old and a two year old. So like playing with my kids, kids are the absolute best. They're like so much fun. They're a lot of work, but they are so much fun. I encourage everyone to try to have kids like preferably in the order where you find a partner that you want to stick with then you have kids or get kids you know 
how, however you want to go about that. They're so much fun and you get to experience the sort of amazingness of life through little kids because little kids want to have fun. They're not cynical. They're high emotion. And if they don't get enough sugar, they might like lose it on you. But like, I just, I love like playing with my kids. That's fantastic, man. Uh, uh, that speaks a lot to your character. I love that. Perfect, man. Well, that's all we have for the main questions of this podcast. We're going to move into our famous fire round. I'm going to rapid fire a couple of different questions at you. And I just love to hear your responses to them. You ready? Yes. All right. What is your favorite book of all time? Oh, okay. I think The Name of the Wind is my favorite book. Got a lot of books that I really like. The Name of the Wind. It's like in the order of like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings kind of thing. And it's just an awesome book. Great read. Haven't recommended it to anyone that wasn't uh, excited to read it. Fantastic. I love it. What business book has helped you develop the most? Gosh, I'm going to I'm going to skimp out on this and I'm going to say like blogs and podcasts, uh, which is to say like Shout I've read it, business books like, yeah, like but really like listening to other people like reading like Paul Graham's blogs and dude from Angel List, can't think of his name off the top of my head, uh, Naval, like Tim Ferriss, Ben Thompson. Like, podcast. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like every episode. So like hearing for me, what I had a lot of time for before I was doing this job was driving around. Because when you're a contractor, you drive around a lot. And so I could legitimately crush four to five hours of podcast a day and I did a lot and so I listened to like smart passive income with Pat Flynn and I listened to Gary V and like a lot of people that you just can learn a lot that way and so that's that's my curveball podcasts and blogs I love it I love it who's someone that you look up to into the professional world and why uh look up to in the professional world I mean I if the guys from Stripe Collison Brothers people mm -hmm. Uh, Austin Allred from Lambda School. There's people that I see that I feel like they do things right and they do things well and they do things impressively. And when they have something to say, it's worth listening to. And so there's a lot, I'm, I'm inevitably leaving out like tons of people, but like those are the first to mind. I love it, I love it, I love it. What about someone that you look up to outside of business? Someone that I look up to outside of business, let's say cop out my dad, partly while well, he was a really good dad. Like I know a lot of people who didn't have that. And like, I'm really, really glad that I did. I think of that as the fundamental privilege. Like I was talking about how privileged I am, like having a family that like really loved you and cared about you and supported you is something that like, I can't even begin to imagine what my life would have been like if that wasn't the case. So both my dad and my mom, honestly, like my mom is like one of these, she's also an amazing person, but then seeing the way that he ran his business and it was like, it's all about the people and it's the long game. It's like a lot of these lessons that are sort of like beyond just like a tech company or something like that, like a tech company and a roofing company or a plumbing company have a lot more in common in the sense that you like, managing the people and the like being able to like sustain people working together over a long period of time is is not actually just easy and automatic and a lot of people who've worked at a lot of shitty jobs or places where people hate each other will tell you that and so seeing my dad what do that with our family and then with uh his business was an inspiration 
Fantastic. So I've heard that you've been a man with long-winded anecdotes. <laughs> you know, <what> is something. <laughs> what What That's is your most true. important philosophy quote or mantra that you? Uh, have? Wow, gosh, mantra. I, I I love like this kind of stuff. You're right. I don't know that I actually have like uh, things to live by. Like I constantly think about writing like some sort of manifesto or like. <laughs> things that like you can remind like that's what I think of things that you remind yourself about right like because it's easy on any given day my kids are irritating me and I have to remind myself that like no like this is actually time with them is scarce and that in the future I'll never look back and be like man you should have been more irritated with them you'll look back so like but that's actually what I think a lot how will I think about this in the future or if I were to talk to someone who is let's say old just for the sake of being very vague like what do what are the kinds of things that they think or that meaning like no one regrets spending time with their kids like i don't know anyone who's like man i'm so glad that i like never saw my kids and persevered in my career when they were two years old which again I'm not saying that's a bad thing to do by god no everyone can make their own choices but like no one no one regrets that that i've ever met people regret not spending enough time with their kids they regret like like being sort of selfish or self-interested like so i think about that like i think about okay like in 10 years or in 30 mm -hmm. years will this thing that i think matters to me right now will i actually will it matter to me even tomorrow you know like and that helps me because i am a person that chases after shiny things like i like new phones i, I just like new interesting cool different and so I have to, I have to remind myself of that. I love it. How are you going to look at whatever it is you're doing down the road, five years, 10 years, 20 years? Is that going to be something that's impactful or not? Um, that's something you really care about. I love that. That's, that's really great. Uh, with that said, final question that we have for you is, you know, what is something that you've been obsessing over lately? Obsessing over lately? Um, gosh, uh, honestly, I've been really thinking a lot about like, people getting along in the workplace like the nature of the political world today and then amplified via social media and the historical and just like there's just like it's a whole bunch of things that come together that like that are places where people can be uh like unkind uncharitable disrespectful and cause strife between people that otherwise would would be like friends and have a lot in common and so like i think with social like i've been thinking about how social media like person to person you you could think the exact opposite political thing historical like you could have all the different opinions to me but like we would recognize oh like i don't think that you want that the worst for everyone or like you just have a different perspective on like what would be good you know and and how we would end up at a place that would be good for like a lot of people and we get that like person to person, but when it becomes like person to group or person to like nameless, faceless, like mob over there, well then it's like, we bring out all the like categories of people and I don't like these people and that in this whole thing. And then now like we almost have these social networks at a company, like Slack becomes your social network. And again, people that like in person would, would like, there, there's no reason to not get along because we've all basically figured out how to get along with each other. So like, I'm trying to figure out in the sort of new modern, like postmodern, I don't know, world, like, 
Yeah, like it's just like how do we, as we scale this company, how do we make it a place for truly all kinds of people? You know, like 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 real diversity, real like people. Like how how does that work in a world where I don't know, where like this stuff starting to like kind of swallow the whole world? Like it used to be that it was a little bit separate from work or from things. And I'm not even gonna put judgments on that. Just like it was different, and now it's like this. And I like really, really, it really like I said, it like matters to me that like we that we like get along and that this place is additive and like I like. So how do people that disagree continue to work together in a way that they both love doing it versus like having it be a problem? And like, that's, it's hard. And I don't even, ha- I don't have the answers. I'm just thinking about it, looking into it. Definitely. I mean, honestly, two pieces of perspective now, uh, you know, growth mindset. How do we take things that are potentially negative and take, make this an opportunity? Uh, you know, a lot of people have been talking about diversity. You know, how do we create programs, initiatives, uh, how do we have these conversations, right? And then the final piece that I'd cover would be, you know, I did a talk recently, uh, you know, at, for Adobe Experience Makers Live and talked about diversity in the workplace. And there was my final piece was, it's impossible to hate somebody that you know. It's very easy to not like the person on the other side of the fence, but you don't know what they're going through, what they're doing, how they're they're coping with life. And if we take time to step back, understand these people, have these dialogues and realize that we are all human. We all bleed the same way. We all put our shoes and, and shirts on the same way. And we all have things that we love and we're all trying to be successful in this world together. I think that understanding alone will, will have a profound impact on building the culture and, and trying to get past that. But amazing amazing ideas luke i want to say thank you so much for for coming on the podcast today i want to open up the floor is there anything that you want to tell our listeners today no i I, you know i be good to each other you know be kind to each other i think a lot what you said like we're more alike than we are different and being like giving people the benefit of the doubt even when it's hard even when you don't think they deserve it it because it is hard that's why it's worth doing but like you know even so like imagine you're driving someone speeds past you like in a way that's like slightly dangerous that's irritating it but i try to tell myself hey it's possible that there's an they have an emergency that i don't know about like like there's just like the the idea that you don't know the sum of the whole story of someone else's like where they're at and yes being kind to each other Uh, Like I've gotten myself in trouble saying something like almost like making fun of someone in a way that I never thought would be, they would be self-conscious about like they're really fit. And I would like make a joke like they weren't or something like it's not a good thing to do, but like you don't realize where people are, are like self-conscious or worried. And you know, like, so like exactly like being, just being kind to each other. This is my wife's, uh, grandpa used to say this just he would just say it to us before we like left their house he would just say be kind to each other and it like stuck with me that it's just you can go a long way being kind i love that i love that luke for people who want to connect and learn more where can they find you company cam at company cam company cam.com check it out i am at profe luke on twitter p-r-o-f-e-l-u-k-e otherwise yeah check us out if you know any contractors introduce us we would appreciate it we'll maybe send you a uh, some swag Ooh, swag on the way guys i absolutely love it luke 
thank you so much for taking the time to hop onto the podcast today. You know, we you're a truly innovative entrepreneur, a really passionate, positive person. And I truly believe that you not only do you believe in your mission, but I think that so many other people will be positively impacted by your products today. And I, I can't wait to see what comes in the future. And hopefully we can have you back on. Would love to. Thank you, Alec. I'm glad to be here, man. I think you're doing a wonderful thing with this podcast. You're doing a great job, man. Really appreciate it. Okay, listeners, that's all for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you got one piece of advice, an idea, or learned something, you know, how do I do this? How, how do I think about that? I count this as a success. Please take 20 seconds to review this podcast, leave a comment, and share it with people who can benefit from this the most. I'm your host, Alec Taylor, and hope to have you back on our next Diverse VC podcast, where social is the new capital.